1: Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand-new racing app for same-race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call one 858
0: 858 Directing traffic from the base of the ruck, it's Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball with the Rugby Run on ESPNZ.
2: Black on the ground, Black on the ground, player goes out of the mall, then there is a contest, on his feet, fine.
3: Yeah,
2: play on please, we play,
3: we play, time off. We play. Yeah, yeah. we play, we play, no, no, got a lot of I, w- I will swi- switch on the time okay. and we play now. Okay. Time on.
2: 10. Come oh. I told you, I told you. To. Time is off. Come on, off. Off. I will explain you. I, 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 no. Sir, no. No. Come off. Time off.
1: No, move, move back.
2: Time is off. Move back. back. No, no. I switch on the time. Time is off. Can, can time is I explain off. it? Time is off. I'm not wasting time. No. I'm about to kick it. With the captain. ten.
3: Yeah, yes. Yeah. Come So push back. We have a big moment. We will kick this. We're just about to kick it. No, captain. Please push back. I said first. Yes. you We play. We play. Okay. Yes. He then I time off. The,
2: I time off. I switch, switch off the time. I say to, to your player, I switch on the time and you play immediately. Okay. And he wait, he wait, he wait. So that's a scrum for the All Blacks. Now, yeah, you know it. You know exactly what I want to mean.
3: There
0: you go. That was the controversial moment from the first Bledisloe test on Thursday night in uh, Melbourne. And Steve Devine and with me for the rugby run today, he made it. I mean, I hadn't seen that happen before, but then you go back and listen to that. There was 40 seconds between the calling of the penalty and him reversing it giving a scrum to the All Blacks. I don't think the referee could have been much clearer. Could he?
1: Yeah, they were certainly given plenty plenty of time to kick the ball out, and uh, I know the players behind Foley were screaming at him to kick the ball out. So everyone knew that the ball needed to be kicked out, and, uh, and they didn't do it. Have I seen that ever before in a game of rugby? No, but... Um, I guess, I guess you've got to draw the line somewhere. I just think maybe drawing the line with uh, 10 seconds to go in a test match uh, is probably not the time to do that. But anyway, <laughs> it's done. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, it's done. I mean, the, the fact that Bernard Foley then turned around and said he didn't – oh, time was off. But like but He didn't hear the whistle. It's like, mate, how did you not hear the whistle? He was 20 feet away from you.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, he knew what was going on. He, he was looking back, looking at the, the Fords were still in a sort of a huddle in the yeah. goal area. I think he was waiting for them to break in. Yeah, I mean, he should have just—he should have just kicked the ball out, right? Yeah.
0: Well, you don't need to wait for the forwards to break a huddle when you're just going to kick the ball out for them to get into another huddle.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a problem with rugby right now that it's so slow, and it's—you know—it is just slow, and there's so much time not playing rugby that um, to get penalised for doing that is is is, is probably harsh. But uh, he, he had his chance.
0: He had his chance. He had his chance. We've got Simon Poytiv and former wallaby captain, coming on in about an hour. Wow. That should be interesting.
1: <laughs> I feel like I want to poke the bear, but I don't <laughs> want to poke that bear, you know?
0: <laughs> well, maybe we'll give him 10 minutes of chat and then you can poke him. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: we'll try and calm him down first and then we'll try and rev him up again. Rev him up at the end and then cut, cut the call.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like it. I okay. like it. Uh, Graham from Christchurch has called through on uh, 0800 150 um, 811. How you doing, Graham? Oh, good, thanks. How are you both? Good? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Good. Uh, what yeah, was good. your take?
4: Uh, well, I'll talk a bit of All Blacks and a wee bit of MPC, but, oh, well, I'm 50-50 on that call. I um, I can see why people are upset about it. I know Steve's um, made his call about the call, but, um, yeah, because I think that it distracted a little bit from, I think, the All Blacks' performance, too. I mean... They got the win, but you know it was at 18 points. They coughed up, so you know it's all. A lot of the talk's been, rightly so, up to a point, you know, about that um, decision at the end. You know, because um, yeah, I, I'm not entirely con- sure. <laughs> I'm just one of those things. I, I've, yeah, I'm just being honest when I say that about that that final call by the French referee. Yeah, um, I- yeah, but. Uh, the 18 point, yeah, you know, I just think the All Blacks, you know, um, that was a game they probably, you know, should have closed out. The Wallabies did really great. You know, Callaway and Samu and guys like that and and, um, and others. You know, I think Foley played pretty pretty well. There was a bit of doubt about whether Rennie had made the right call there, but I think he played well, um, considering there had a lot of injuries. But, you know, the All Blacks did get the win, and, you know, there were some good performances there. About, You know, I thought... Richie Moore at first five another good performance and um yeah, the chain about that you know what happened to quiterpire, obviously it was pretty brutal, and then uh Veja gets um knocked out but um yeah, so that that may for a week or two, so the loose you know the midfield stocks have been uh, battered a bit a bit a bit, a bit, a bit like the loose forwards actually, yeah,
1: yeah we're gonna certainly uh, there's gonna be a few changes this week, but uh i I think international rugby should come down to the players. Uh, deciding the outcome of matches, not referees like that. Like a, that's such a massive call. Yeah. Um, you know, it should be left in the hands of the players, and the players should. Um, determine who wins and loses.
4: Oh yeah, that's why. That that's probably basically where I'm coming from. Because <laughs> some people got quite strong that yes, he was definitely tight. You know, because some of the other Aussie players were sort of gesturing at him. Like, but I don't. Yeah, I'm not entirely convinced <laughs> that 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 he was. But I know sometimes that happens. Referees make a call and, you know, intent. I would say, Graham,
0: watching that, I was 100% convinced Bernard Foley was taking the piss and he knew exactly what he was doing, but he knew that from all his previous experience, the referee was not going to do anything about it and he thought he could get away with it.
4: Well, yeah, that's another take. Yeah, well, maybe you're right. Um, Yeah, no, (laughs) you know, that, that, um, you know, and if that's the case... Maybe maybe it was the right decision. But, yeah, no, interesting rounds of MPC, this. You know, Wellington, I thought Hawke's Bay would win, but um, Wellington took the shield, and, of course, you'll be pleased, Steve, about Auckland.
1: Yeah, that was sneaking great.
4: Sneaking Tasman. The yeah, Canterbury st- County, County's game, Monokar game was pretty entertaining. It was a seesawing match, actually. You know, um, Tom Christie played well again, number seven, but those County's Monokar boys you know really turned up but yeah I've seen some really good rugby in the MPC this year um, I think it's been a you know even two's improved in the last few weeks they looked you know the, the weaker team of, 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 of most of them but you know Waikato-Wellington next week will be a big game too
1: Yeah another Shield match next week that'll, that'll this Wellington team has impressed me the last couple of weeks They've uh, I picked them to beat uh, to win the Shield I just think they're mate, they're a really good young team that's just they've got some energy and they're you know they've got some real good carry a few old heads in the team, and they're they're just a they're a good unit at the moment
4: yeah yeah well I think and um yeah i think I think you're right, yeah, I think they've the better Wellington team than they've been for quite a few years actually, um yeah, I think with Canterbury with like Willie Hines and them coming back. And you know, and Owen Franks and others. You know, Luke Romano's been there for years. But I mean, um, but yeah, that that it's like Dominic Bird playing for Wellington. You get that mixture of youth and experience, and it, um, you know, it's a pretty powerful cocktail, as they say. You know, you can be too much one way, or you know, too many young players. You know, I think that um, yeah, Wellington and you know, and Canterbury and Waikato. I think, you know, Hawke's Bay will have a tough run now because I know losing the shield, you know,
5: I've yeah, seen it before
4: with other teams, yeah. it's pretty tough. Yeah, you know, it takes takes a lot from teams and you could see
0: that last night, I think.
4: I, I got um, the well, feeling
0: it had been weighing on Hawke's Bay for a while because you looked at them this season. Even against Mid-Canterbury, they struggled a bit, you know, for about 60 minutes before they, they finally tore away. But yeah, they were behind yeah, against yeah. Harbour and won it. They were behind against Counties and won it. Um, obviously, Southland was was a bit of a different beast, but you could kind of see this coming. I thought, Steve.
1: Yeah, they haven't been they haven't been the the Hawks Bay of the last few years where they've been you know super super dominant, and they've really struggled on their away matches, like as if they almost don't even want to play their away matches. It's taken so much out of them. So that's that's a big part of the reason why I picked Wellington. I, I really thought you know they're they're a they're a strong team. Ah, no, good
4: call. Mm.
1: Mate, just You're back right, to... no. no you- just back to the uh, to the uh, test match. Uh, yeah. I would still rather a referee make a decision and go with it. Like it might be the wrong decision. I would still rather him make that decision and go with it than do what happened to the French referee against us in the Lions series where he made a decision and then reversed it on himself against the... <laughs> yeah. You know? So yeah. I know the Aussies are finding it hard, but trust me, I've said to all my Aussie mates this week, I've said, trust me, there's there's been worse decisions made by French referees
4: yeah so they're um pretty uh volatile if that's probably the wrong word, <laughs> schizophrenic even yeah I mean yeah they they can be very good um you know like entertaining, but they can they you know they pull rabbits out of hats, don't they and you know and it's the same, as you say with that Lion series, you know um uh, Sonny Bill and you know Kieran Reed who was the captain that night about that decision, you know that was that was unbelievable and um yeah now now you have this with. So, yeah, no, you're right there. <laughs> French referees, they uh, they certainly, um, yeah, they, 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 they left field, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, the point that you kind of made earlier, Steve, is I think he's made the right decision. It's just that it's a precedent-setting decision, and we've had time-wasting in other Test matches previous, and, and in this Test match, earlier than this, that he had, that you know nobody has made that call before, and that's why it probably is stuck in the core of the Aussies. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, mate, the, if we get real nitty gritty about all sorts of things, like uh, taking penalties off the mark, like the ref will give a penalty away and they'll kick for touch, and they'll yeah. kick it ten meters in front of the mark. Sometimes, like it's just it's just right in front of the referee, and they allow. Like, oh, if you're going to be so niggly against such a minor little thing, then you've got to be so niggly against every minor little thing. And yeah, I just
0: yeah, that's that's something that's a bugbear of mine is that they do that. Right, they'll let them. What, one to three or four paces in front of where the penalty was given to kick a ball and to touch. But if a halfback tries to tap and go from somewhere yeah. that's not um, the exact inch, the, they'll pull it oh back. Yeah, no.
1: The exact blade of grass. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, Yeah,
4: uh, half, halfbacks get a <laughs> – and Steve will agree with us – halfbacks get a bit of a rough deal on them. On that one, because they're often the ones with the ball in that situation, oh, they're, they're,
0: they're smarter between the ears, they're quicker between the ears, and quicker on the feet than most referees, so they can't keep up with yep. them. And I think that's why it happens. Steve, is that right? Yeah, yeah
3: certainly, yeah.
1: certainly, <laughs> certainly, a bit more banter than most referees too.
0: <laughs> exactly. Good no, stuff, man. Graham. Thanks for no, recording. Have a good afternoon. Yeah, Thanks, you too, guys. mate. See you up. too. Yeah, Graham was cool. Oh uh, eight hundred one five zero eight eleven Well, double eight double three is the temper beard post text machine as well. Yeah, I mean, I think. I don't think the referee made a, the wrong call. I think he made the right call, and I think it's just that nobody's done that before.
1: Yeah, it was the right call in the wrong in the wrong place. But you know, I heard I heard the um, you know the skipper talk about it, and he just said, you know, he he made a call. It, he's made the call. Get on with it. and That's what it is. And you know, and when it all comes down to it, it's the referee's call. He, he's made it. You got to you got to get on with it. They were certainly given chances mm. to keep the ball out, which is all they had to do, and they didn't do that. So. I say good on him for making the call, you know.
0: Yeah, we'll get another take on it shortly, because up next, Peter Alatini is going to join us, another former All Black, get his take on that call, but also get his take on where the All Blacks go with their midfield for the next test, because it looks like we're going to be missing a few. 17 past one here, I'm not sure where that came from. On ECNZ, this is the rugby run, Ricardo Ball, Steve Devine with you. Uh, Joining us now is uh, Peter Alatini, former All Black course uh, midfield legend. How are you doing, Peter?
2: Good afternoon, gents. Very good. Thanks, uh, Ricardo.
0: It's a story. Mate. My boys might have a, a, a few um a few decisions to make around that 12-13 combo after the weekend. Um, You know, Quinn obviously going out with that knee injury. We'll talk more about that. But David Harvelli, the head knock as well. I mean, if it's up to you, who are you putting in 12 if David Harvelli's not available for, for the next game?
2: Great question, Ricardo. I think for me, I, and I've always been drumming the beats around RTS having a crack. And I think it's, um, and, and personally, just just thinking what he can bring to the table in the midfield, um, I just feel at the moment we, even with 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 what we've had of Elie Quintipaya, I feel just with the with the defence we're facing, or it might be the game plan. In fact, that, that we're kind of trying to bash in, the, in an area where it's really solid in defence, and um, and we, you know, we've, we've tried the kicking game a couple of times, which is still in play, but. For me, just, and Jordy did a great job when he came in at 12, but I'd, I'd love to see RTS there to, to, to have a crack for this test. And then with Rico, because I, I feel Rico's starting to really grow. And one of the questions I had around Rico was his defence and the way he's reading, but some of the defence he's been putting on in the last few tests has just been short of outstanding, mate.
1: I couldn't agree any more. I think RTS, it's his time to shine. Uh, I, I look at what Aussie did last week by bringing back um, Foley and what that, said to, what that said to every young number 10 in the country who'd been playing Super Rugby was basically, um, you're not good enough and we'd rather get someone else. And, you know, it's Roger's its Rogers' time. He's been in the squad all year. He's, he hasn't played a lot of game. There's injuries now and, and this is what you've got to do. You've got to put him in. Otherwise, you're saying to him, we, we, we don't rate you. And um, that shouldn't be the case.
2: I, I totally agree there, Stevie. Because look, I think I think the games that he's been able to, to, to put away, he's got some um, game under his belt. He's not going in. He's not going in um, Stone Cold as such. And, and I think he's done enough. in, in, in the games that he's played at, in Auckland to be given a shot. And, and totally agree. I mean, I think there was, you know, back in the day, the, the hardest thing of being selecting in All Black is, is to be given a chance, right? And you you, you feel you know you're part of it, but you don't actually feel part of it until you get a certain crack. And this is kind of, oh, I'm speaking on my personal behalf as a 12, um, how hard it was the first year in 99 to be selected, but not really given the utmost opportunity to, to give it a good crack. And, and that didn't come to a whole year later. But I'm saying that we've got someone who's class. He's got class written all over him, and we just need to give him a chance. And I think he's he's ready for a good step up, and, and no better way to be at Eden Park against Australia at home
1: mate your the rush defenses these days you know you've you played it you spend a lot of time in the midfield uh we struggle against the rush defense and um how, uh, other than using good feet, how do you beat it
2: I agree mate i think there's we, with the rush defense and especially i think at times two is our ten so flat that that it's taking away the time and space for us to do anything in the middle um the other side is that with guys with good feet with with a rush defense. I think guys were good freak if they see it early enough, are able to react better to get still get behind the line, and when we get behind the line in that time, that's when when that rush defence gets out of sorts, right? Because yeah. because the guys are playing high out on the edge, then we get an opportunity for them backpedalling, and if it's quick enough, for them we really attack that space where they try to um, that they're, they're kind of kind of backtracking on. But I think the other the other thing is at times too with with where we're at, if we can get it early enough into Rico's end... yeah, that's. You know, if we get it enough into Rico's hands, then I think we could we can play a little bit more around that space where where we can really smash that, that high defence. If we we can kind of get it into his hands and and do a bit of moves around and manipulate the defence that way, I reckon I reckon we're doing it too close, which gives easy reads from from yeah. the edge uh, on a defence place. Right. So they see the play go y- happening.
1: You look at the you look at the Rico's best game was the second match against Argy, where he just turned people because he, he was attacking the ball, he was at full noise when he caught it, you know, and it's it's too hard. It's too hard to stop him when he's at full noise. And yeah, exactly. I really struggle with this flat attack thing. I I just doesn't mm. it doesn't suit us. No one in super rugby's doing it and we get to the all blacks and then we start trying doing it. Just mate, it just doesn't work.
2: And and I've seen it even in some of the Bunnings games, we've got the ten hitting so flat. there's has got no option but to take it up. It's like a 10 up.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't get it, you know? So I think we need, to, we need to just check a bit, give him more time and space for, because that's where we're And like you said, with Rico ball in hand at the moment, giving enough time, he's having the ability to really, you know, damage, damage and fracture those, 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 uh, those fast defence and, and just giving him enough time to do things. And other guys from the back are able to read a better line to hit holes. Yeah, And I think that's where we're struggling when, when, when it comes to that space.
1: And, mean, in our own defense, on the weekend, I noticed Caleb Clark rushed in a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, do you think we're trying to do it ourselves now? I, I think goal line D. Quite possibly, we're trying to go up and in now.
2: Yeah, in goal line D, I think there's there's um, there's position there where you can really put pressure to force force in, uh the opposition and execution. But I think that the key to that is that the key to that is that. Um, the key to that, is that I think we I mean uh, uh Caleb was way too tight, he was like right on on the side, and then I think because because we're defending Moanga at thirteen, I think that puts a bit of stress as well on 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 Moanga to understand that read as, as such so I think it's it's definitely Caleb was way too tight and then and then sometimes if you do remember with the rush defense if you don't commit the minute you hesitate. That's the opportunity for the attack, eh? And he did that in that first play where they played the back door and he kind of stopped it and hesitated. And by the time he came up, the ball was gone. Thankfully, Rico had covered that through. But that second time, because him and Mwanga were tight, Wanga had to go on the outside, but Callis Keller, got too much class and he ended up getting that try. So, definitely a part where I think when you're deep, I, I think when you're outside that, that mid-22 and stuff, I think there's an ability there to keep good spacing and yeah. still be able to, to force a man. But I think when you're on the line, of course, you'll probably go no man on. Um, but then you've got to, there's no room to shift. You just come up hard. Yeah, you just got to pick the man and come up hard and, and go, man.
1: I, I think I think that was our worst defensive effort uh, this year mm. defensively. We, we scored 37 points and almost lost a test match, which is you know that that's a serious concern for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, 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 totally I, th- agree with I totally agree with you. Yeah, uh, I was going to say,
1: Peter, I mean, the other idea
0: that has been floated for our 12 situation is to put Sevi Reese on the wing, Will Jordan at fullback and Geordie into 12. Is that moving too many pieces around, do you think? Do you like Geordie at 12?
2: Look, I, I, the thing is, for me, with Geordie at 12, unless we use him, I don't want him to, because it's not working us bashing in that midfield. It's it's just not doing anything. That's um, not uh, we're not getting the, the, the yards. That I think they they think we're getting because usually they have their strongest defender in that space. And as we've seen, even when Dalton took it up, uh, you know, we got strong runners. And yet when you run into say Valentini and and um, and the other forwards within that space, it's a guarantee that one he doesn't make the line. Then, then they actually pressure on that ball. So for me, if, if we do play Geordie there, we've got to execute him because he's got a great passing game, mate. And he's got a great kicking game. So how do we utilize? Like Haveli has, but you know, I just feel when we put those 12, we're in, the message that we're going to bash it in that middle, midfield. Hence why so I'm more, I'm more happier to have RTS there. And, and i actually, I'd love to have Will Jordan at the back, a fullback for this game. Yeah, i would put RTS off and have have, have Will Jordan at the back and probably have Jordy uh, come off the bench.
1: I'd have mate. I'd have Jordy. I'd just have Jordy on on the wing f- for attack. Play him as yeah. a like. Imagine bringing him off the blindside winger. You're gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna hold bodies, right? You, you you use him as a decoy as a blindside winger in the line. He's gonna hold that midfield. Then you hit Rico quickly. Uh, the blindside winger will rush in on the person outside of Rico, and you just miss it to to open side winger, and you score every single time with that with that open with their winger rushing in on D. You know, it's it's a simple move. I, I can't believe they haven't. We don't see more of it. Getting the but ball to thirteen.
2: But- I agree, but even, even like the late, you know, back in the day, and King Carlos was greater with the running, whereas he plays, say, that's, it's, it's like a, a, a real delayed return ball because they can't push, right? And if they push, the 13 just goes. Yeah. And if you, you get into those hands and get like those late, late little return plays back inside, I find, I find those hold the defence rather than the backdoor balls nowadays because yeah. the defence is that fast up and they're quite, they come quite direct. So these when they come quite direct you can hold him and yeah, actually the perfect one is for the third end to get smashed and then he's taken out then, then we're forcing a decision on the outside on the outside man.
1: yeah so, so he, then
2: like you said with Will Jordan, he'll be he'll be flipping thriving with that with that ball in the space
1: Mate, he's too good he's too good of an attacking player to have wasted on the wing yeah. and, and and to be on one side of the field you know the whole time you yeah. can have him at full back on attack and he can be on both sides of the field and it's just crazy not, right. crazy not to use him there
0: yeah, uh, what's your take, Peter, on a couple of things, a couple of controversial decisions in the match? Uh, we'll get to the to, to the time-wasting one in a minute, but um, <laughs> Swain on Tupia. I mean, I looked at that, and the way he wrapped his arm first before he did it, that looked incredibly deliberate, like, I'm tr- going to try and take this guy's knee out, I'm going to try and hurt him. Yeah. Um, yep. I mean, I, I think... From the side. From the side. That's more than a yellow, isn't it?
2: Oh, 100%, mate. Look, we're getting, we're getting red cards... For collisions of head collisions which are accidental where it's really late and, and and that's hard to control when when two heads collide right on on a step or, or a late reaction to it to an attacker. but when you've got someone who's deliberately like like swain did from the side and, and take out his knee mate and the worst thing is that we don't know i mean see it three months but you know that's that's another you know we know when knees go down you know it takes an inch off your performance every mm. time so I mean, he should have got a red because of the intention that he was going in with. He was going to hurt him. There's no doubt about that. It wasn't about cleaning him out so he could be clear. He was going through to, to, to just take that leg out and, and obviously he succeeded. But, I mean, to just get a yellow, it should have been a red um, through and through.
1: Yeah, Swain, Swain got a red card earlier in the year for a headbutt. Uh, that was mm. a pretty average headbutt. Uh, with multiple head collisions that have been just that, collisions and no intent whatsoever. And then finally we have some, like, intent. There, there was every bit of intent to fold his body onto his knee yep. there from the side, and it's a yellow card. I, I, was, I was in disbelief. I couldn't believe. That was the biggest yep. act of thuggery I've seen in probably four or five years on a rugby field, mm. and he gets a yellow card for it. Yeah,
0: he, he has oh, been cited. He has totally been cited, so... Yes,
2: he has been cited, so hopefully, hopefully judiciary will do right by that because we can't send a message every time. You know, when guys are getting, deli- you know, deliberately um, injured... It's just it's just not good look for for our game in he, general. I mean it's hard enough to draw numbers in our game, right? He sh- for our kids.
1: He should have got the, the yellow, yellow card. The he should have got the yellow card for the uh, contact to the head in the ruck prior, yep. and then he stands up and yep. blows in on someone's knee. Should have been a yellow card. It should have been two. See you later, right. buddy.
0: Yeah, gone burger. Yeah, I agree, hundred 100%, percent. Yeah. 100%. yeah. Um, the, the other one, of course, was uh, the time wasting call from the referee at the end. Peter, we've talked a bit about it. What, what was your take? <laughs> well, what's wrong with it, mate? We
2: won.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> mate, no jokes, I- but. Um, <laughs> Look, I've, you know, you constantly hear refs. I um, think the biggest surprise was he took action to it. Every ref keeps telling players not to waste time, not to waste time. But this ref took action to it. And, and if it's been spoken about, I've got no qualms around it. It was huge. It was a huge decision, I get it. Um, and the other side was that we still had to score the try off the scrum, um, you know, uh, go take. So it was a, it was a huge decision. But I think for our game going forward, we, I suppose it's got to be consistent, I think, is the only thing. This, this cannot be you know, just for this game now. So if, if this is the case, then, then it should be consistent across the, the rest of the competition.
1: I, I feel, and the best way to get a read on things sometimes is if you put your own team. So I feel like if the All Blacks would have coughed up that penalty and the ref did it yeah. at the All Blacks, I would have been angry and upset. But now at the same time, having been back through it, I still think the referee's probably done the right thing. Just yeah, he's he's made the right call, probably not in the right time. Like there's time. plenty, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That's I agree there, and you know the the other side to it too was it must have been loud enough because the guys outside and were calling him to hurry up and kick the ball. Yeah, um, the different reactions of the guys outside that to me kind of showed that, that, that there was clear communication from the ref going across across the board. You know, even Callow.
1: From our fullback
2: was yelling out to hurry up and kick the ball.
1: Yeah, I. I talk- so I,
2: I agree, I, but I totally agree with you. Probably the right decision, maybe at the right time, probably not. But like I said before, too, I'm glad that that
4: happened. Yeah,
1: I, <laughs> I've taken some great satisfaction from the frustrations of my Aussie mates over the last uh, 24 hours, mate. I've I've just had a I've had a hell of a day yesterday. I really enjoyed it. I.
0: It's terrible. You're a terrible (laughs) man, Steve. Hey, uh, Peter, before we let you go, before we let you go, we should, uh, uh, there's a a text that's come through from Shane as well, which I noticed at the time as well. I I hadn't brought it up, but um, he said that the All Blacks, you know, not only were we obviously had problems with defence, but uh, offensively, we probably left three tries out there as well. Mm -hmm. And one of them was when Rico, uh, we had a massive overlap and he really should have just gunned at gunned the hole and drawn the outside yeah. man and then put Bowden into space. But he threw the pass yeah. too early, and then Bowden got tackled. Uh, I mean, yeah, where are you at the moment on where Rico is as an inside player as opposed to a winger?
2: Mate, I, I, I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing. I said my, my biggest thing is this, his attack will look after itself as he goes through in this position. It was more around his defence reads, understanding... Um, in terms of who he takes and, and also around his decision-making, you know, being able to push. But in the last few tests, he's been really, really solid in, in that position. And now, for him, it's just, it's, it's more not the attacking, it's, it's decision-making now with ball in hand, when to pass, how much space does he take, and just understanding all the time that he's he's creating space for outsides as well. Um, and, and I agree with that. Troy, if he'd just taken through, he would have drawn everyone, and then Bodie would have been on the post, I'd say with that um, rather than, than passing that early. So I, I reckon he is our man at, at 13 at the moment. And I think he, the more you play, the better he get. And you just need the right 12 inside him.
1: Yeah, we just got to remember he's only young, eh? He's still 23, I think. Yeah. So he's, he's got plenty yeah, to come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i agree
2: yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. sickening you just saying his age oh yeah God. yeah
1: mate we think he should you know, We know we think of him as a seasoned you know campaigner he's he's a yeah, kid it's still it's mate it's he's right. still he still yeah. hasn't grown yet like there's plenty more to come man just we just got to give him time and be patient there you go hey peter it's thanks right. very it's much it's for coming on good. mate
2: hey mate thank you so much always a pleasure talking to you, champs um have a have a great
0: uh, rest of the show. Yeah, we'll do, mate. We'll do. What's, what's your What's your pick for the second test? Nah, we got it, bro. We're home. Well, We're we in the Park.
1: We need so, a bonus point, right? So. Uh,
2: so yeah, the boys boys are going to go hundies, and I think they'll be. Well, we the hope they'll be really excited to 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 finish the championship on the high.
0: Yeah, all blacks by twenty. You heard it your first. Peter Alatini just said it. There you go. Um, <laughs> cheers, <laughs> cheers, Go well, brother. No worries, Benny. Cheers. cheers. Mate. Yes, it is uh, 27 away from uh, 2 o'clock here on SCNZ. This is the rugby run. Keep your texts coming through, 8833. This one from Pat. It's, Hi guys, it's either a right call or a wrong call. I'm just glad it was a ref call and not the interfering bunker. The Aussies just needed to play the game, but instead they fluffed around. It's an 80 minute game, boys. Maybe the ref just got frustrated. Yeah, cheers, Pat. I think it's probably a fair call.
1: Yeah, I'm actually starting to really look forward to this quarter sign point of now. <laughs>
0: And uh, on the flip side of that, no name on this one, but uh, I'm a Kiwi and an All Blacks fan, but that was a terrible decision. And how can it be speeding the game up when Foley took 39 seconds and got penalised for time-wasting and then the ref took another 40 to 60 seconds after that to explain the reversing the decision for time-wasting? What a joke. If it had happened to us, we'd be furious. Well, I agree we'd probably be furious, but I would say that the reason the ref took 40 to 60 seconds is because of all the whinging from the Aussies. Nothing to do with the ref. He just wanted to get on with it.
1: Yeah, I was, I was scared Nick White was going to fall over. I thought the, the referee's whistle, the air coming out of the whistle might have hit him on the side of the chin and he's gone down.
0: That's what I was worried about. Oh, he managed to survive it just, just. And it's 25 away from two. When we come back, Thomas Waldrum's going to join us. We're going to talk Wellington having the shield again for the first time since Dane Coles had here.
6: <laughs> Canada's signs. we
7: have got a fly! thrilling contest. No quarter asked or given over the course of the 83 minutes. Yeah. They celebrate, they get this ball out of the Ranfurly Shield. They'll be going to Wellington.
0: There you go, the Ranfurly Shield is now uh, at, at the Wellington Lions for the first time in a long time. Uh, I said, Steve, uh, before the break that it's been so long that last time Wellington held the shield. There's a picture of them holding the shield, and Dane Coles is in the photo, and he's got here. That's how <laughs> long it's been. Uh, a man who will know that, uh, who, who will know that conundrum, is uh, Thomas Waldrum. He joins us now, proud Wellingtonian. G'day, Thomas. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thank
6: you. How
0: are you? Yeah, good, mate. Good. What does that What does that mean to rugby in Wellington? You know, grassroots scene, fans, the whole lot. Oh, you know, it'd
6: be amazing, and that's the thing. Having the Rainbow Shield. Uh, picking it up and but the hardest thing is defending it the next, next week because you're just celebrating but I know it's massive for um, uh, all the problems, all the uh, clubs and stuff like that and hopefully they do a bit of a, a parade and stuff like that so it'll be uh, nice for the some of the kids to get up, up close and personal with it will be really nice.
1: I was going to say a ticket tape parade today normally they do it on the Sunday they'll have one or, or Monday?
6: Well I hope so I haven't heard anything yet but uh, I do remember well when you're, and then coming into the airport, and the whole airport was was
1: packed out, especially after a few beers and stuff like that. The good old days. I
0: can tell you, Thomas, and anybody in the Wellington region that is listening and wants to see the Shield and see the team, that sometime between 2.30 and 3.30, they're going to be at the Parramatta Plymouth and Rugby Football Club. Oh, Bezzy's on. Oh, nice, yeah. Good old nice cold toy, Hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, was that rubbing it into the Hawks Bay even more? Drinking their brew to celebrate? Oh, <laughs> I mean, it would do. Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> I, I remember speaking of uh, home teams' brew. Every time we used to go down to Hamilton and play, um, there'd be a, in the fridge. There's always a box of um, Waikato Draft, and every single time we left the sheds, there was always a box of Waikato Draft.
7: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are <laughs> you trying to
0: say something? Are you?
1: Yeah, River Water. Yeah, that that uh, that can stay there. That can that yeah. draft is not for me.
0: No, no. Um, I mean, Thomas, uh, I no doubt you'll be making your way to the uh, the Parramatta Plymouth Rugby Club after this phone call. Um, but I, I just uh, you know wanted to get a take from you on on where Wellington Rugby is at the moment because of course Super Rugby dominates so many things. So we often just talk about the Hurricanes and forget um, about I guess you'd call it the home union if you like or the host union for that Super Team. But the Wellington Lions have probably. Uh, flattered to deceive for, for for a little while now. Um, it, it's good to see them in some sort of form and really challenging the big boys and, you know, being in title contention.
6: Yeah, no, and that's the thing. I think um, the comeback, uh I went and watched a, f- a few games this year and stuff like that, and it is very, very competitive, but it probably would be nice if you had a couple more um, super guys come in and play because I think uh, TJ played the final and duper um, C and stuff, and, and that's where you get a bit more crowds going along because they know that there's a couple of named players and stuff like that, and they always sort of lift the standard. And I was watching the local one in here in, in Lower Hut with uh, North first hard-old boys, and they had three super rugby players, and, and they just dominated the, the, the contact and stuff just because they uh, are the professionals and they train all day, every day. But it was nice to see the crowd there and uh, lift the standard of club rugby, which was, was nice, and I just wish that they sort of had a bit, bit more opportunity come down and play and but the club rugby is driving and especially when we've got the shield now um and that's something sort of like, hopefully they do a bit of a tour around and um show what it's like for to to get there and uh get their shield one day and even push for those uh, uh NPC contracts
3: they
1: need to um uh, mate they need to get around to the, the clubs because they've got a big one next weekend and like you said they've probably had a few beers until tuesday wednesday night that's normally the way it rolls
6: Oh, oh yeah! I remember when we did. I think we finished Friday, Friday night. <laughs> and then try, trying to back up on the on the Saturday was yeah, it's very tough. But it's I probably a bit more professional these days. And uh, I hope I, I just think I still, you still want them to enjoy themselves and celebrate what they've done. But yeah, I think that's the. I guess Waikato next week it's going to be a, a big one. Um, because that's the thing you you don't want to be the team that has it for what seven days and then it goes again. Yeah, you'd it's you'd want to be known as one of those.
1: Mate, I, I think the Wellington team this year. I've watched them the last few weeks, and I've been I've been really impressed. But uh, they, some of the young boys, I think, have stepped up. You know, there's there's a few older heads in the team that you know everyone knows about, but some of the younger boys, like Morgan and Love at the back, they, they're like they're really good footy players.
6: Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I uh, remember Love Cormier when for the Marys against Ireland when he came on for the last few minutes and he just cut through the line a few times there and just sort of showed what sort of talent talent he is and especially Morgan had 10 sort of controlling things. Um, it's hard when you've got uh, some of the older guys around you, but he's done a great job. But I've been very impressed with um, Lakai as well. Peter Lakai is only, what, two years out of Solvester college. And the way that he's handling himself is, is phenomenal and just carrying hard and doing his core job. And um, I think he, he's one of the standout players for, for the um, MPC at the moment. And yeah. It's just, from my point of view as a loose
3: forward
1: mate I, I, I couldn't agree there. anymore he, he must walk into a super campaign next year surely is, is he contracted to anyone because he, he's just he's probably the best in the comp
6: yeah I, I haven't heard anything but yeah no I think it's just his just work rate right. and just watching uh, a couple of those kickoffs late in the game for what 20 year old just to carry as hard he did to get the lines on the front foot even from the 22 he made a good 20 metres to put them on the front foot and like, for a young guy to do that in a big intense match like the Ramply Shield just shows volume of what, what what he can look forward to hopefully when he grows and gets a bit more mature.
1: It's something that the All Blacks can feed off I reckon, like just carry hard, I, I, with this flat attack it just doesn't work for us, eh? you? Sorry. Yeah,
6: well, yeah, well, that is, well that, yeah. Watching the game on Thursday, it was another it was another late night as well. But yeah, it was um, but that's the thing, sometimes doing the basics and doing those doing those right at, at 100% is sometimes better than sort of some of these fancy moves that um, that other teams
0: are running at the moment. Yeah. Uh, what about? Uh, we'll get into the All Blacks in a minute because I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about that as well, Thomas. But uh, what about Waikato coming to visit? Um, I guess in a way that's exactly what you want, isn't it? You 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 want someone that uh, it'll it'll kick in. I guess the the boys to focus a bit because it's not only the shield on the line, but it's also a, another title rival uh, coming that you need to switch on for and make sure that you're not still celebrating.
6: Yeah, and no, I think, oh, especially of Tarmody being there and Paul Tito, they, they, that's the thing. They know what it's like to win it and then defend it as well. So they, I reckon that's the the advantages of having some ex players in the coaching setup is they should they will have um, sort of a strategies to help them get over it and what they need to prepare for. Um, Waikato and so I, was, I saw Tam earlier on the week and um, and that's the thing he's just dedicated to what he's doing and he's, I saw him doing a video analysis and stuff um, getting ready for the Hawks Bay and I he, he'll be doing the same as well so as long as the, the boys switch on and, and and sort of having that balance of enjoying it but also doing some hard work to get yourself ready for the um, for Waikato especially because they've got some old heads in the team as well and they've got some exciting backs and McKenzie will definitely uh We'll want to get us stamp a mark on the game as well so it is going to be a challenge but i hope there's one that they can look forward to and, and step up for as well
1: what do you say go and do whatever you want till monday tuesday night and then we'll, then we'll knock it on the head and get serious from then on is that the, is that the best way
6: well yeah hopefully and then then if you do win it then you can have a couple more days afterwards as well
1: and i think that's their last that'll be their last that'll be it if they win this weekend they'll lock it away for the summer right because mm.
6: Yeah, well, yeah, well, that potentially could be the, the case, and then yeah, that's and then that's when you can uh, send it, look, reflect, and enjoy the shield um, at the end of the season as well.
1: Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. Now uh, we we have been talking, uh, Thomas, about the game on Thursday night uh, and that refereeing call call um, to you know for the time wasted, which I, I, we we like. I think in general, it's just, it hadn't really, we hadn't really seen it before. But we, Anthony has texted through and said, Hey guys, in British rugby, uh, they have a minute timer on the shot at goal. Mwanga always takes a minute and a half. He did it in the Super Rugby final. Maybe it's something else we need to look at. What, what did you make of that?
6: Yeah, I, um, it, was, it was like very interesting. But actually, when you slow it down, and I, I think I was on social media, Wayne Barnes, the big English referee, and I think people asking him questions, I like, Well, oh, what do you reckon? And he's like, no, nah, I think it was the right call. And the best thing was it, he did, he did give a warnings. Probably what you he didn't hear, he probably weren't paying attention um, of when it was happening in the moment because you're sort of like, oh, Elbeck's going to have an opportunity to attack again or not. Um, but then once you slow it down and you hear what he told him and stuff like that, I think it probably was the right call and it's probably a mistake that he's probably never going to do again.
1: Yeah, it, it was just... Such a, a big call at a big moment, you know, with a minute to go underneath their own sticks. It was, it was, it was the timing. I, I he could blow the whistle for wasting time in when you're playing Africa, like every two minutes. Um, but yeah, just to, to, that was the decision. He time he decided to use it. That's what. That's what got me. That was um, was 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 hard.
0: Yeah, indeed, indeed. Hey, Thomas. Um, just before we let you go, mate. Um, I know you're part of the loose forward union, uh, but can somebody tell Hoskins to Tudu he's not Zinzan Brook? You don't need to chip and chase when you've got an overlap.
6: <laughs> funny you talk about that. I had, uh, well, I'm taking the Wellington and the 16 development team, and uh, we had a winger, and we had a set move, and all he had to do was draw and pass, and he uh, he did a kick as well. And I was, just one, I was thinking, are these boys watching too much NRL? Uh, <laughs> trying, to, trying to get a, a, a restart again, where... Uh, Rugby, not not the not the way it should be, but yeah. Always, hey, I always enjoyed a kick, I did, so uh, I can't bag him too much, but yeah, um, I think he should have just uh, had a quick look or even hold on to it. Just, yeah, one of those decision making things.
1: Hey, very quickly, um, who's your back three for Saturday? This Saturday coming All Blacks? Or
6: well, for the loose forwards? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I would like to see if, if, if um, Sam Kane's on out, I'd like to see Audi at seven. Hoskins and uh, Faisal if he's, if he's back. But if not, Um, Arik, um Barrett. Uh, Akira. Uh, Akira. Yeah. And put Barrett at lock. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's, that's that's why I would like to see. Yeah. But that's, I don't have to worry about the decisions.
3: No, you don't,
0: mate. You don't. Hey, Thomas, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Go well. And, uh, yeah, make, maybe Uber to Plymouth um so you can have a couple of twoies. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I think, uh, yeah, I think I might have to get dropped off, actually. Yeah, good stuff, mate, good stuff. <laughs> Thomas Wilder there with us. It's been a long time the Shield. Proud Wellingtonian. It's five away from two here on SENZ. This is the Rugby Run. A few texts coming through to us on double eight double three. This one from Anthony. Great show, guys. Bay of Plenty. The real Bay will have the Shield this summer. Waikato will win it this weekend, and then we take it off them.
1: Mate, the Bay. I actually, the Bay are a good team this year. I, yeah. I mate, they 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 got some good young footy players, man.
0: Well, you know what, Hawks Bay have to do this weekend, Nick. Uh, this weekend coming, they have to play the Bay. For the battle of the Bay, so they've lost oh. the shield. Then they have to pay the Bay for the Ooh. for the for the right to be called the Bay. So wow. they've got a couple of big games back to back.
1: Yeah, that's going to be hard. It's hard to get up after a, a loss like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Keep your texts coming through. Double eight, double three on the show in the next hour. Simon Poidevin, former Wallaby captain, is going to join us, and we'll also catch up with Mitty Baker and talk that Black Fern squad for the World Cup. It's just gone two o'clock here on SENZ. This is the Rugby Run, Ricardo Ball. Steve Devine with you through till three o'clock uh, talking code. And joining us from the other side of the ditch is an absolute Wallaby legend, former captain Simon Poydovin. G'day, Simon. How you doing? Hi, Ricardo. G'day, Steve.
1: Hey, mate. How are you? Excellent, mate.
0: Excellent.
1: Obviously, you're uh, not 100% excellent. You're still a little bit upset, I would imagine.
7: Yeah, well, mate, it's amazing how a submarine contract uh, gets, uh, gets squared up on the rugby field.
0: What was your take, though, Simon? I mean, like, everything that I've seen here, I mean, I, I'll put my hand up and go, I think he made the right call, but we've just never seen it before. But, I mean, we had 39 seconds, and you got all the on-field conversations. It's, it's not like Bernard Foley wasn't told.
7: Yeah, but at the same time, like, you know, the arrogance from... from The referee. The game's not about referees, good referees. People don't remember who they were after the game, but uh, that's not the modern era, and um, it's too much just coming to the game. The fact that that, Bernard Foley was actually attempting to actually kick the ball when he blew the whistle just tells the whole story.
0: You're not accusing a Frenchman of arrogance, are you? (laughs) <laughs>
7: mate he's he's up 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 there with the vest on this one it's just just absolutely disgraceful you know it was a fantastic game uh lots of um lots of action uh real real um humdinger between the two sides and all people are talking about after the game is is a french referee um that's not what we that's not what we want
1: yeah mate i yeah it's hard it's hard that you you go eighty minutes uh into battle with someone and and you, and it gets decided in in that moment it is, it is pretty tough to handle um mate but the the wallabies have you know they 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 were down and out and they came back it was good to see a bit of fight from them
7: yeah no so it was i um an awesome comeback and uh, clearly, poor uh, start to the game from uh, from the kick off and um, the, got the ABs off to a uh, very comfortable start. But um, then our guys dug deep and yeah, I feel uh sorry for Dave Briney. Dave Briney's done a very good job with the Wallabies and uh, they've they've lost a number of games they should have lost and his his record isn't uh, isn't great, but he's brought um, a lot of self belief and uh, a lot of grit and resilience into that team and. Um, Again, you know, if, as, as a player, those players will never have that opportunity, many of them again, to um, beat the be All Bucks in, in a situation like that and uh, was taken from from, a, um, from an absolutely ridiculous decision. My, my let's get, let's get, back to the, get back to the days of guys like Paddy O'Brien and, and, and um, Peter Marshall where the referee actually spoke to players in the field and actually had a relationship with the players in the field. It's just bizarre these days. They just become um, a cop on the field and um I just don't don't want to really listen to the players.
1: Yeah, it certainly it certainly makes it difficult as a player when, when you're not allowed to talk and, and try and get a feeling of, of what he's into. It's just it's just and then there's no accountability at the end of the match either. It does it does make for frustrations from players for sure.
7: Yeah, and you know, all or credit again to um the All Blacks, the All Blacks, as we know, never never sort of uh, give up. And um, at the end of the day, there was a scrum which um, Jordy, Jordy uh got the try from, and we should have stopped that. We didn't. Uh, so the All Blacks win.
1: Mate, if you think um, you know you're upset and annoyed and angry this week, imagine if you come to Eden Park and win at Eden Park, and then you realise that it, that decision has cost you the Bledisloe first time in 20 years.
7: Yeah, um, mind you, it's not not such a not such a bad second prize to win at Eden Park. It's been a long time since we've won one there, and um, yeah, um, it really irks irks in Australia that uh, it's taken so long um, to get that silverware back, and it's just another year in the uh, in the waiting. Completely different dynamic over here when you've got such a um, competitive uh, sporting environment out there. That game was a off Australian office rugby, and um, it just didn't happen.
1: I mean, is is I know, I know rugby's struggling in Australia because of so many other sports, and you know, and it's such an entertainment package over there. Our our game at the moment is it's just struggling, full stop. I watched the African Argentina game this morning, and I, I struggled to even watch it. I I love what rugby, but I it's just not entertaining. It's not attractive. What do we need to do?
7: Uh world well, rugby's just got to wake up themselves. it has got to be a major. Major reset of the rules and, and bring bring the uh, dynamic running game back to uh, the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, New, New Zealand, New Zealand in particular, um, have always prided themselves on uh, that dynamic game. So so we we've got the northern hemisphere influence here, which is uh, dominated by uh, world dominates world rugby, and um, you know Rob McLean and a number of other of world coaches back in two thousand eight tried to uh, reset. The rule package. Uh, Spinner spent a lot of time in Stellenbosch over uh, weeks doing it. Uh, took a took a package to World Rugby. <coughs> World Rugby actually the, um, the the committee in charge of that um, gave it the green light. But then um, Bill Beaumont decided to uh, to stop it, and that was the end of that. So that's the attitude.
3: Well,
1: we're never going to get running rugby back until why the Northern Hemisphere teams are competitive playing the game of rugby they're playing right now, are we?
7: Yeah, well, it's to their advantage. You, know, you can understand exactly where they're coming from. Um, they, don't, they don't want to sort of open the game up and uh, put um, players' skills and, um, and uh, physique under pressure because uh, they just want to play a more control game. And um, as you sort of said from the argentinian African game, uh, it's not attractive.
0: Simon, I mean, a part of that too is we're seeing a a change in roles, I guess. And, I mean, you know, there's a bloke who I've been impressed with uh, over the last sort of year, 18 months out of uh, your side of things – and Fraser McWright, you know, he's a really old-school, fetcher, jackal seven-type player, uh, yet he was on the bench for this game and you had a guy, Pete Samu, who's not really a seven, playing the position, you know, you kind of you almost, you had two blind sides and, a, and an eight out there. And, you know, over here in New Zealand there's been a lot of talk about Tom Sanders out of Canterbury should be, you know, looked at as an all-black seven, but he doesn't quite have the size of a Papali'i uh, or a Kane or a Savia, Um is there, are we losing a bit of the finesse out of the game to, to over to just sheer physicality?
7: Yeah, that's a really, really good point. It's a great great example of how the game's changing. And um, you yeah, know, all credit to Pete Samu. Pete Samu um, had an incredible game and uh, really has got a lot of skill, speed. Um, can read a game very well, so you probably wouldn't sort of put him as a um, as a typical six. But Fraser McWright you're right. Um, he's He's, he's made a very big impression, and um, likewise, Michael Hoop is not a big man as well, and uh, he's certainly sort of <laughs> he's starting to fade fade out of um, contention in uh, the way the sort of game's changing. You know, would would uh, Richie McCall now sort of um, have a position in a team as a um, as a fetcher at uh, at seven? Um, that was a great part of the game, Michael Jones. What a what a phenomenal player and uh, he wasn't a big man but was what an athlete he was we want those players in those positions uh, exciting people
1: Yeah rugby used to be a game about body shapes you're right? so everybody uh, there was a position on the field for you and that seems to be thrown out the window for just sheer size um, right now in the game and if you've got sheer size it's a little bit easier to control those set pieces and because uh, there's not a lot of rugby left to play it's other than set pieces and penalties
7: yeah, yeah, look at the uh, South Africans, Steph Tatoy, and um, oh, I had Mascot there uh, playing, you know, he's a big second rower, playing, playing seven. Wow, like, where'd that come from?
1: Yeah, and the, and the UK, the English, you know, they're all gym, gym junkies that they can't run for longer than three minutes, but they'll put someone down so they can stay in the game.
0: Yeah. I mean, the other thing I think that we haven't talked about enough, Simon, is the comeback from the Wallabies. Because to be honest, I was watching that game on a Thursday night, uh, looking a bit at my watch, thinking about work the next day and going thirty-one thirteen. Is this done? Can I, can, I, can I sneak off to bed early? Um, that was kind of where my head was. It's not often All Blacks let that kind of lead slip.
7: Yeah, and I think uh said a bit of credit to the players who came onto the field as, as well for uh, for the Australians, uh, which sort of changed the dynamic as well. Um, but, it was, again, it was good attacking play, which um, saw excellent backline play get uh, you know, Kellaway into the space, um, Korobedi enabling Samu to sort of uh, work his magic down the sideline there. And I think uh, that that attacking... Attacking power, which, which we sort of displayed there, um, is where we sort of must win test matches. But um, as you sort of say, I don't know um, whether we'll get a chance in most games out there given uh, the way the game's been played.
1: So, I mean, you are world renowned for your hardness and your toughness. You're, a, a, you know, uncompromising forward who just took, put his body on the line for your country time after time. What was your play on the Nick White uh, act? Uh, a couple of weeks ago against the Africans,
7: <laughs> Oh, mate. Again, shaking yeah, um, shake, shake your head, head on that one, mate. So um, you just you just shake your head at a lot of stuff that's what's going on um, with 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 um, interpretation of the game. Um, you know, Jake uh, Gordon on Thursday night. Collapsing the mall, man. He got run over. Run over by a bloody um, express, bloody uh, all black bloody uh, mall. <laughs> he didn't didn't collapse it. He fell over. he? <laughs> <laughs> he fell over and got he got he got run over.
1: Yeah, I, at least there was consistencies. Like both teams lost a player to trying to bring down a mall, and you know I was reasonably happy with that. Um, you know, he he did he was in the mall, he did it up underneath it. If you're underneath it, you're trying to bring it down these days. What about the Darcy Swain, um, in from the side, um attacking the lower limb? how do you read that one?
7: Yeah, oh mate, if, if it was my uh, my my sort of one of my sons been attacked like that I'd I'd be uh I'd be pissed off and yeah, you know, he'll he'll um hopefully get a um a big uh penalty for that. He's just. Rennie's got to pull Darcy Swain in. He's a good athlete. He's a a, um, good young bloke, but he's just got to rule. Lay the rules down and say, listen: um, if you want to keep on playing the way you're playing, you're not going to play at the Wallabies again ever. Um, Just you've just got to sort of picture game from the point of view of discipline. So I think it should have been uh, should have been a yellow card at the time. And, uh, I think it probably will, will uh, be shown at least maybe, maybe as a red card.
1: Yeah, I imagine he's getting a couple of weeks so He got four weeks, didn't he, for a, an attempted headbutt that was pretty average. And and in, in through my eyes, I think this is like an, a despicable act of trying to maim someone at, at a lower limb. I thought it was pretty average.
7: Yeah, and that, that's we just don't want to
0: see that in the game at all. Uh, so yeah, I'm with you on that one. Mm. Um, and where are you with with Rennie? Do you like him? Is he is he got enough about him for you to keep going in that Wallabies job? And and where do you think you'll end up come World Cup time?
7: Uh, he'll definitely be there right through the World Cup in 2023. There's, there's, there's a total commitment from Australian rugby that that's the case. Um, they respect uh, what he's done and they respect uh, he's come, come from a um, a difficult sort of uh, runway to sort of get him to where they've got to. Um, you know, there's been not much in a lot of the games where, they, where they've lost. So Dave, uh, he's, he's got a um, really great talent with um, bringing uh team cultures together and you sort of see him at training sessions and after training session uh, one training session they'll be uh, a game in tongan uh at the end of the end of the training session next game it'll be in samoa and next it will be uh in english and you know he just he, he really sort of gets that and gets the um the need to sort of bring all that cultural dif- differentials that um can exist in a team together and uh so Uh, good good on him, and also, too, I like the the way he approaches the game to uh, play a dynamic game. The offload is a big part of his game, the skill to sort of keep the uh, the continuity going. Um, We all want to sort of see that, so that's good. Um, Set pieces um, has been very, very good. Um, Our scrum was challenging, our scrum... On Thursday night, obviously he's got other guys sort of in there with that, but he's at the he's the boss around that. So I think Rennie's been really good.
1: Mate, do you, you've had a bit of success this year with the Brumbies in Super Rugby, playing you know, playing a little bit more Northern Hemisphere style, you know, kick for the lineouts, rolling moors type things? Do you would you rather the Wallabies win? Would you rather the Wallabies win playing that Northern Hemisphere style, not so much running, or would you prefer to see them, you know? carry on with their running tradition and and, and, and maybe go down that way.
7: Oh, I think myself and Australians in general would want to see him to um, have a crack running running the ball rather than actually uh, reverting to sort of ten man rugby and, um, mm. and and winning um, I, as a commentator for uh, for a decade was nothing more exciting uh, in the get-go to get down to uh, Canberra and, and commentate um, on a Brumbies game because, like, anything could happen. It was just fantastic. Um, that that has changed, and that's changed dramatically, and, and I think that um, Dan McKellar and now Steve Larkham have to uh, recalibrate and uh, move, move back towards where they need to be, and that's the uh, traditional Brumbies game.
1: It's it's a it's a sad point of rugby when when we get, you know when the, the best way to win a game of rugby is playing fourteen man forwards, you know it's it's not where we need the game to be, is it?
7: No, not at all. And um, I think unfortunately, World Rugby sort of maybe take a view that oh well, you know the seven sevens uh, tournament, global tournament um, gives uh, the punters a chance to sort of see that sort of style of game. Well, that that doesn't add up. Um, we're in a competitive world, we're in a, a, a hugely competitive world here, AFL and um, and rugby league and, and, and soccer in Australia. So, uh, and coming up to your previous comment, Australians always supported the Wallabies because they uh, they had a crack and they had a, had, a, had that attacking mentality. Um, so we've got to sort of maintain that going forward and uh, enhance it even more.
1: I oh, mean that's awesome. I, I can't wait for the weekend, uh, the game on Saturday. Um, I've got thirty odd Aussie mates coming over, so she's going to be, a, she's going to be humding up. But mate, I'm really looking forward to. Like again, I'd I'd, I'd rather two teams that are actually going to try and win the game than than a team that goes out there and tries and stops the other team. It just doesn't make for a spectacle.
7: Yeah, and that was a, that was a beauty about Thursday night. Uh, you know, here's your disappointing for us, but man, what a game! What a, what a what a cracking game! And. Um it was try after try, all different sort of versions of uh, how you get that ball across the line. But a lot of it was um, really really um, high-precision backline play. Mm,
0: good stuff, Simon. Hey, listen, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Really appreciate your time and your viewpoints. Um, go go well and enjoy the game this weekend, eh? Uh, that's good, guys. Ricardo, Steve, have a good rest of the day in beautiful New Zealand. Will do. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Absolutely legend. Enough, what a what a top man. Now, Simon and former Wallabies captain, there uh, with us. And it sounds like you blokes singing off the same hymn sheet, there, Steve.
1: Yeah, I mate, mean, he's, he's for, for a thaw, forward. He's uh, quite an intelligent bugger, isn't he? Well,
0: he was loose forward, so they're a bit yeah, different. Yeah, okay. Mate?
1: I'll give him. I'll give him that, but. <laughs> Mate, that, uh, that's just where it is with rugby right now. You know, we all want to see the ball being thrown around and some good running rugby. We get that here in NPC. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to see it, you watch some MPC footy. It just unfortunately at that test level right now, it's just uh, – I understand what it's done to the game. It's made eight international teams in the world on their day can beat anyone. That's what it's done um, for the game. But uh, just, it's just not exciting. It's not a product that I really want to watch. Mm. I, I watched Australia, New Zealand – I only watched Argentina, Africa. I would have turned it off, except I was committed to this show and I, I needed to watch it. You know, it just wasn't a spectacle. It wasn't, it wasn't rugby. I may as well have been watching a game of soccer the way they carried on a lot of the time.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you probably would have seen more action in soccer. To be fair, there, there wouldn't have been so much line around. Oh, there's
1: the some, there some pretty good fake hits and roll around with broken legs and whatnot to just get up and carry on. You know, it mm. yeah. does make it in.
0: Yeah, yeah, a bit, bit of the Nick White's about some of it, but that's all right. Uh, it is 19 past two here on SENZ. This is the rugby run. Keep your texts coming through, 8833, 8833, and uh, we'll get to those next here on SENZ. It's 223 here on SENZ, the rugby run Ricardo Ball, Steve Devine with you. A double eight double three, the text line, and we've had a couple of texts come through here uh, from Richard. Come on, Simon, talking about uh, Simon Poitavin, we just had on. It was disgraceful Darcy didn't get red carded and the ABs didn't win by much more as a result. Uh, I think that's something that's probably been missed on all the talk about the uh, the penalty for the for the time wasting. I uh, also had this one come in. Uh, Am I reading this correctly, and is it accurate? And there's a, a link to an article here. To me, it says the box will win the rugby championship if they end up with the same amount of points on the table due to having a plus four difference in the games against the All Blacks, meaning the overall points difference doesn't matter. Um, Steve, can you can you clarify?
1: Um, my understanding is that the first it comes down to wins, and will be if we both win this weekend coming. Will we will. Um, be on the same amount of wins. Then it goes to uh, head-to-head wins, so we've won each against mm. Africa, so it'll be the same. Then it goes points differential, and a- as it stands right now, we're 13 points clear. We have 13 points clear on Africa, so we basically go into this weekend with 13 points up.
0: So that's overall points differential, not head-to-head it points It goes overall.
1: If that's the same, then it goes head-to-head points, points. differential, so... Yeah. So that's that's the one skip. So it's it's the overall differential. So right now we're 13 points up, which would probably, against RG RG versus Aussie, you'd probably say that we're probably pretty much on par. They give a 13 points head start against Africa over RG in Africa, I would would imagine. So it's going to be tight.
0: Yeah, it will be tight. Uh, This one's just come through. I I know you'll love this, Steve. Uh, No name attached, um, strangely. Uh, Can't believe what I'm hearing. Totally arrogant running down 10-man rugby. Who cares if it's boring? The aim isn't to entertain. The aim is to win. And if that's your best chance, then just do that. That's what you have to do to win the World Cup. I'll take Christch- a, I'll take that over a pretty loss any day, and you can see why the North hate us with that, attitudes I, I, like that.
1: I was going to say, that's Christchurch right there. <laughs> uh, well, unfortunately, it's not. um our game is uh, evolves around having bums on seats
0: and eyes on TVs
1: and eyes on TVs and unfortunately that's just what it is and there's there's aspects of the world uh, in trouble in rugby particularly Australia because they cannot get people to watch TV and they cannot get um, bums on seats and and that's where it is right there.
0: So entertainment is a big part of it because well, sport okay. isn't
1: just winning; it's entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what it is right now. Look at Christchurch. Um, best team in the competition the last 5 years mm-hmm. uh, down in Christchurch how what's average crowd attendance would be less than blues who yep. you know in the last 5 years have had some pretty Poor results uh, across the year, but they still get more people because they're trying to play a more attractive game of rugby. Yeah. You, you can watch the Crusaders do the same thing every every weekend. They do they do the same thing. They do it very well. I am not mocking the Crusaders. What I am saying is, what they do, they it's a very simple game of footy, but they do it very, very, very well. But if you've seen it one week, you are going to see it the next week, and you numbers struggle to watch it. They just they don't get big crowds down there. Admittedly, it's four degrees outside and it's raining. That doesn't help. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's it's got to be entertaining
0: does it is entertainment industry as much as it is anything else um, that is what sport is competing against you're competing against Netflix and everything else these days so it has to entertain people absolutely um, it is uh, 27 past 2 here on SCNZ. this is the Rugby Run when we come back Mary Baker is going to join us former Aotearoa Sevens rep and uh, Kiwi Fern as well she's uh, been commentator and uh, player agent as well for a lot of our Black Ferns we get her take on that World Cup squad that was released this week 28 away from three here on SENZ, the rugby run. Ricardo Ball, Steve Devine with you. And joining us now is former Aotearoa Sevens representative and Kiwi Fern as well, a uh, voice you probably would have heard listening to uh, some of the Farah Palmer Cup as a commentator as well. Meri Baker joins us. Kia ora, Mary, How are you?
5: Oh, kia ora, kia ora. Kia Chris.
0: pae, Pie, te Pie. I'm, now, now I'm done, mate. Now I'm done. Just quietly. Okay, so don't try anymore. Yeah, that, that's
5: enough. That's, that's enough. enough.
0: G-
1: <laughs> G'day, mate. <laughs> we've got,
0: our, got our, our, uh, our Aussie all black Steve Devine in here with us as well, mate. Um, he, he, he's, he's uh, his Today is uh, probably slightly worse than mine, but that's all right. We'll, we'll talk some footy now, eh? Yeah, please. Yeah, please. <laughs> Merry, um, um, we've got a Blackfern squad named this week for the uh, Rugby World Cup. It's a different looking team to that. It's uh, called the Went to the Northern Hemisphere at the end of last year, isn't it?
5: Oh, absolutely different. It's uh, riddled with uh, new debutants and players that have been playing pretty well in the FBC and um, and also our Sevens girls. So um, some big names not in there. Um, some injuries, uh, Kyle Paul Olsen-Baker, Grace Brooker um, and Alicia Pearl. So, you know, there's a few... I would say few shocks not being there as well with Liz Elder and Eloise Blackwell.
0: Yeah, well, just on that, I mean, I, I don't know anything, maybe, about, you know, what happened behind the scenes or anything, but I look at a player like, you know, uh, Eloise Blackwell, for example, who's such, in the FPC, is such a dominant figure at lock for the Auckland Storm, and I, I you know, sort of scratch my head as to how she's not involved um, in this team. I mean, is that... Part of me, because I'm a cynic, kind of goes, was she one of the ones that kind of went, put her hand up and said Thing, things aren't right and, and, and they've taken it out on her? Or Is she just not fit the way that Wayne Smith wants the team to play?
5: Well, if you look at the looks, and it, and it's, I think it's, if you look at, I, I probably would have Eloise there um, just because I don't think that we have enough Grunt up the front, and that's just my opinion on that. You know, anyone else can say different things, and that's fine. Um, but you know, uh, we've got Ruse, uh, Nahu and Bremner and I, I honestly think it, there's only one actual international lock out of that out of that pack, and that's. And I think we're going to be, once we get up to those heavy-hitting teams, we might find ourselves needing someone like Eloise.
1: We've. Um... We've played the Aussies in the last couple of tests and sort of done pretty well against them, but we struggled the end of last year against the the dominant uh, English pack, rolling balls and those those sorts of plays. Uh, like, it, doesn't it make sense to take some some big hitters in in, in the tight five?
5: It would, it would, but I think you know uh, Wayne Smith and also Whitney Hanson and Wesley Clark have have said and come out and said that they want to play a fast game, which they have to. They have to play an extremely fast game, um, a chaotic sort of, with players moving, coming at different angles and moving the ball and things like that. And maybe, um, and and I can see why they picked Chelsea Bremner, Bremner because she's a bit of a workhorse. Um, and maybe jo- Jonah doesn't really do sort of the tight stuff, but she's really elusive in the open space. So, could be the reason why um we've also got um Sarah Hidney back into this into our Lucy pack with Kennedy Simon and Charmaine McMinniman. so they'd be looking at Kennedy and Charmaine to really do some of that grunt work and then Hidney and um maybe Bremner or Ruth to be a bit more looser
1: well I guess it makes sense then. if you if you don't have the firepower then there's no point trying to match Firepower, firepower. You got to, you got to play a different game, and that's speed. And speed trumps um, size. I, I believe in rugby if you can get it right.
5: Yeah, if you can get it right, you know, if if you can, if you can still win your set pieces and and get fun football, then your speed's going to outrun um, Vaughan, isn't it? But, you know, in saying that, um, you look at the English side. They've just left out Mo Hunt, who's, you know, been in that team for I don't know how long. And picked, uh, she's number nine, and they've picked like Lucy Packer, who I coached a couple of years ago in um, LA, who's only 22 or something like that, and Claudia McDowell, who's only come, has come back from injury. So, you know, these these surprise shock selections are uh, everywhere.
0: So, in terms of Eloise and Liz, are they done at Black Ferns level, do you think? Or, you know, if there are a couple of injuries, are they possible? Uh, you know, is the door still open to them, do you know?
5: I think it will be a beaver moment. That's where I, that's where I think going to happen, is there going to be a beaver moment. Um, I don't, they're not carrying in enough test fives, if you have a look at it. They've only got Ruahe Demont and Hazel two back. And if you really look at the outside backs, there's only actually one actual fullback there, which is Renee Holmes. Um, so I actually think if one of these gets injured, um, there's going to be a beaver moment. So that's where we're going to go. Someone's going to be out white baiting, and someone's going to get called in.
0: Well, I was going to say there's a name that's not there and I know that she's, you know, more a sevens player than not, but it has surprised me given it's a home World Cup and that's Michaela Blyde. I mean, I know we've got um, we've got a bit of pace out the back, but nobody's got the toe that she's got.
5: No one's got the toe that she's got. Michaela Blyde, uh, you know you, also Kelly Brazier, Taylor Nathan wong I was surprised. I know they gave, uh, you know, I think this becomes where... Mm, you haven't. You've got Wayne Smith and a few others who haven't seen her play enough, um, and they haven't got the trust in someone like Taylor Nathan Wong and K- Kelly Brazier, who hasn't been playing, um, and Mackay Bryce, who hasn't really been in that that 15 space. And it's just, I, I guess, they haven't got enough faith that that that's the players. So those players that they've picked, who have been playing against Australia, playing the pack four and things like that, they've got the trust in them. They've seen exactly what they they can do and what they can't do. And I think that's what it came down to, to be honest, because Kelly Brazy has been been to three World Cups.
3: Mm.
5: Well, what, and I, I, I thought she'd get in, you know. I thought mm. that her and Taylor Nautenong would, would probably go because um, of their flexibility.
0: Well, we did see Taylor get used in those games against the Wallaroos as a replacement for Kendra Coxhead, right? And uh, we know this is Kendra's last dance, as it were. She's going to retire from all rugby after this World Cup. Um, how big is the gap between... Kendra and our next playmaker uh, or next
5: number nine? Yeah, I think Kendra's actually playing probably the best footy I've seen her play in the last, you know, for the last uh, three years. You know, that final in the FBC, she was phenomenal. Mm. She was, she like ran about 50, you know, intercepted a try, ran 50 metres, got it in the corner, touched it down in the corner. Um, You know, she's playing a lot more freer. She's made the decisions that she's making are really good. Uh, her kicking has got a lot better since Wayne Smith has come come on board when it comes to, um, as you know, uh, Steve, uh, nine, number nine box kicks and things like that. They're a bit more accurate. So there is the gap's actually widened, I think, a little bit. And um, I just, I don't know, I just, I just thought, you know, you think about Renee Whitcliffe. I think she's very, very lucky to be there, but I see why they picked her. She can play fullback. She can play wing. She can be in the midfield. I can see why they picked her.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, you mentioned too about fullback. I always, you know, having watched those wa- go those tests against the Wallaroos wondered about Ruby Tui. Um, much like we had conversation earlier today about willpower being wasted on the wing because he's only playing one side of the field. Ruby Tui at fullback makes a lot of sense to me in that Black Ferns team what do you think?
5: Yeah, I wish she'd played a bit more FBC at fullback and maybe, you know, Ruby Tui, Portia Woodman could probably slot back into into fullback um, there, there's only a couple of teams that actually kick a lot, and that are, that will be the French and the English. So you could play Portia at fullback throughout the World Cup. Get her get her game time in there and see how she goes. She's Portia Woodman, you know. She's probably one of the best attacking wings that you've seen, but she's also a really good rugby player. So she could could just about slip in there. Who
1: are um, looking forward to the tournament. Uh, who, who are the major contenders? Who, who do you think are going to? Who, who's out What is their top four, top six? Who 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 are the big hitters?
5: Yeah, the big hitters are England. Um, they definitely they've been they've been in an eight week training camp at the moment, so they're actually probably a little bit of a little bit ahead of us. Um, uh, they probably I would suggest coming in at number one. Uh, the French team will be coming in at number two, and I think we'd be coming in at three, and then uh, Canada, um, Canada. Say USA after that as well, and even even the USA team had a couple of shock uh, announcements. Um, one of their their fullbacks, below, who plays for uh, Chicago, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Berkeley, she didn't make the squad, which I was surprised.
1: Where um, where where are the Aussies placed? We've obviously had a, f- a few hitouts against them. Are they are they way down or?
5: Yeah, they would be probably just in front of Wales, and uh, I would. Say Wales and Scotland I'd say maybe sixth six place I'd say they would be okay. if, they, if they get it all together like I, I like that, that first test I thought they were pretty poor second test I thought we were poor. So, yeah. I mean, that, that, How much can
3: you
0: take out of that second test from a Black friend point of view because they did make a lot of changes that was more about developing depth and seeing what players could do in, the, in that sort of situation wasn't it?
5: Yeah, it was. And, and you know, it, it, if we're going to say we drafted players in and out, I think that's what did it. And the Australian Test match, that second one, we kind of knew who, who who could hack it at, at that test. Look, look Chelsea Simple for an example, um, you know, she's been in the, the Black Ferns for a few years now, and now she's not even in the, the frame. Um, but, again, I don't think she, she probably put her hand up. You know, uh, Sylvia Brunt did. Um, and that's that's what they've gone. They've said, okay, if you've if you've been playing form, but also she's had a bit of a disastrous run, COVID uh, injuries. Uh, then she got knocked out. I mean, you know, there's a there, there's a there's a um, not exactly what you would call a great um, lead up into World Cup.
0: No, not a great lead up at all. Uh, and just um, Nettie, just get your, your your reaction to this. This is uh, I'll just go through the TAB odds. They've got the outright winner market for the uh, Women's World Cup here. England are a dollar the favourites, and then New Zealand at three twenty five. Then the French at six fifty, which surprised me that they're that far back. And then you go to Canada at yes. twenty ones, Australia at fifty ones, the US at sixty ones, and then everybody else is in three figures. Well, there
5: you go. I was nearly right. $1.50 fifty <laughs> is pretty short
1: for the for the poms. yeah, yeah,
0: and and to be yeah. fair, are, are you surprised the French are at six fifty because I mean they they did a number on us as well. I mean, I can see a uh, without having a look at the draw, but I could see a situation where we're hosting a final that is France versus England.
5: Yeah, exactly. you, you could probably just about say that. Don't forget, like you know they have they've beaten us a couple of times, um you know, I saw them beat the black friends when I was in San Diego, commentating over there. They, they, they can. They're one of those teams that the Black struggle because they are fast, they are skillful, and they kick. Their their kicking skills are bang on, and I think that's why I'm a bit worried when it comes to the fullback position because we've been caught out on kicks in our in our back in our fullback position. And if you end up putting Portia there, Renee, or even Renee Whitcliffe, or even Renee Holmes. I don't think there's enough experience there to counteract that. That's mm. that's what I'm a little bit concerned about.
0: Mm. Interesting, good stuff, Betty. Thanks very much for coming on and um, giving us a bit of a, uh, a, a an in-depth look at that black fern squad and, and where we sit. Looking forward to that World Cup, mate. Uh, we'll talk again, no doubt, soon.
5: Yeah, I can't wait. for it. It's going to be great. It's it's good for it that it's in New Zealand. It's good that the that's going to be the first uh, game. Is going to be. a I, I think it's going to be over 20,000 people. And it's great to see the All Blacks and the the um, Black Ferns uh, next game is sold.
0: Yeah, sold out. Sell out. Yeah, sell out. That's great. Great news, all right. Hey, Maddy, thanks again. Go well, mate. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.
5: All right. Ka kite.
0: Ka kite. Uh, There you go. Maddy Baker there talking uh, Black Ferns with us. Uh, and Steve, of course, got that World Cup here. It is actually a thing that I found unusual about that. It's uh, We're hosting a World Cup. We're only hosting it in Whangarei and Auckland.
1: Yeah, it's not it's not a big tournament around the country, but you know it'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. Mate, the girls play good; they play good rugby. They um, they've got good skills and they play some good rugby. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, indeed, it should be good. Uh, tickets still available for that if you want to get along and, and support your Black Ferns here with the World Cup on our own doorstep. But it's twenty. Uh, I was going to say twenty away, it's fifteen away. Time flies when you're having fun. From three o'clock here on the Rugby Run, our number oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. If you've got anything you want to talk about whether it be the NPC, whether it be the Ranfurly Shield, if you want to talk the the All Blacks from Thursday and some of those calls, you can give us a call, 0800 150 811, or maybe you want to talk Black Ferns, you can do that as well, or you can text us double eight double three. And it's 10 away from 3 here on SENZ, the Rugby Run, Ricardo Ball, Steve Devine with you, and we do have a test in six days' time, Steve. Um, what do you think that All Black team's going to look like when it runs out of Eden Park?
1: I can't see many changes happening other than through injury. So, um, Artie, I, I imagine Sam Kane and David Havili will be out with their head protocols. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'd like to keep it around 10 days. Yeah. So, uh, let's assume that they're out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd bring Artie into seven. I'd keep Hoskins at eight. And i keep Barrett at six. And that, okay. that's only one change made. Yep. Um, I would see, I'd, I'd put Christie at nine. Um and I use Roger at twelve.
0: Okay, interesting. If you bring Christine in at nine, does Aaron Smith sit on the bench, or are you bringing Fakatava off the bench?
1: Um, I I think we know what Aaron Smith. Um, I think we know what he does. Mm-hmm. I think he's done it every game for the last two hundred years. Yeah. So <laughs> I think we know what he's going to get, and uh, it's an opportunity to um, maybe give Fakatava a run off the bench. Yeah. How about that? There yeah. we go. There we go. So we got, we got these boys. They've been with the squad the, the whole the whole time, right? We, let's let's see what they got. There's a chance um, to see what they got.
0: Have you heard anything? I know you're. Um, you know, to obviously start with the blue setup. Have you heard anything about Caleb's um, ankle?
1: Yes, uh, ankle calf. Uh, yeah. I've heard a few different things that uh, he may be struggling as well. Yeah. So I, I would I would um, probably bring back Sevi Reese. I think uh, in for a straight swap. Uh, keep keep um jordy at the back but use him uh defensively uh at the back yep. and on attack I'd put will jordan at 15 on attack that's yeah. that's so he can up. float so he can float and be both sides and be an option inside and outside wherever he wants to be like he his greatest ability is, is uh, seeing space and yep. putting himself into that space then relying on people to get him the ball because if if he's in the space he's is you know he's got the gas he's going to that that's what I do um that's what I do I think there is going to be a pretty wounded uh, Wallabies team turn up to Eden Park on on Saturday night. She's going to she's going to be a humdinger.
0: Darcy Swain's not going to be there, is he?
1: Nah, he, he, mate, he won't. He'll be lucky to be back for the World Cup.
0: You reckon? Nah, he'll
1: be back for the World Cup. But <laughs> I was going to say, boy, I wouldn't. Uh, mate, he, he's got to get. He's got to get at least. We we'll get more than four weeks. He got four weeks for a headbutt. So mm. and some of that was brought down because of good behaviour. Yeah. So his good behaviour is gone out the window. So it is what it is now. He'd be six six maybe eight weeks. Yeah. I mean that was just an act of thuggery.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, I can't. Uh, I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't disagree with you. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting. What about at halfback for the Aussies? Because we've seen. Nick White, there we've seen Jake Gordon there. I still think though, and I don't know if he's got an injury or what the story is, but I still think Tate McDermott's their best nine.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I, I thought they'd give him a crack this test. To be fair, um, yeah, <laughs> Nick White. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm not going to select Nick White just out of principle forever. Um, yeah. you know, he's a kicking game. Everyone can kick these days. Oh, I don't. I, I, Tate McDermott's going to give you a chance to win a test match. Right, I don't think I, th- I, don't think the other two are going to give you a, a serious chance to win a test match, and that's what I think. I, I I'd be going all cards in on this one, mm. uh, having won there. Simon Portovan I think, was the last team to win there, uh, eighty-seven or something like that, wasn't it? Something like
3: that,
0: yeah.
1: So last why, to, why not just throw, throw the kitchen sink at it? You just get people in that are willing to run, you know. Throw the kitchen sink at it. That's what I'd do. What do you, like Simon Portovan said? I'd rather go down screaming, mm. right, trying to throw the ball around and having a bit of an attacking, better running rugby than, than. Then go back to that UK style. So give take me down to a run, man. He's, he's your best attacking halfback in the country easily.
0: Yeah, easily. Easily. Yeah, and he's got that he's got that ginger fire about him too, doesn't he? Yeah. He likes to get stuck in.
1: That long flowing mullet, you know. It's it's quite uh, quite dashing when he's at full speed.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, something else that I saw coming up in the news is that um Tano umanga has been at the Jiu Jitsu World Champs Masters and won a silver medal.
1: Yeah. That's a bit old school, there,
0: eh? Hey, hey I see. Oh, I, I heard that, and then I just in my mind's eye, I had that uh, clean out of uh, Brian O'Driscoll on my head. I was like, was that
1: jiu
3: jitsu? Was him,
1: it him and Kevy? Yeah, yeah a good combo those two. Imagine yeah. he would have won definitely gold if if Kevy and him were both in there. <laughs> um, yeah, he's yeah he's a good man, Tanare. Eh? Um obviously still pretty tough, mm. um, still pretty fit and.
0: Well, I was going to say, what if, if you were going to represent New Zealand or be representative at any other sport, uh, what would you what would you be? You go to be uh, fishing, fishing, uh, game oh, yeah.
1: fishing is probably probably where it's at. Or you know, I'd love to have a crack at darts because does it really matter? Like <laughs> <laughs> drinking a few beers, telling a few yarns, and yeah. uh, throwing some darts. Uh, they, that'd be that'd be easy that'd be, that'd be an easy gold medal at, a, at an Olympic Games I tell you
0: yeah yeah you'd enjoy that Ben's, Ben's a bit of a darts, darts oh is that player. right yeah okay. he's, he's, our, he's our resident darts expert
1: okay he probably wouldn't make the team then
0: uh, no put, <laughs> put me down as
1: fishing I'm in for, for game fishing that's got to be the greatest sport on earth
0: okay alright I, I remember uh, I'm trying to remember, what was his name he's uh, a famous author um, he wrote for Whom the Bell Tolls American Guy um, anyway he, uh, I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm struggling. I keep thinking Awesome Wells. It's not Awesome Wells, uh, but he he said that there are only three sports in the world: boxing, big game fishing, and motor racing. Everything else is just a game.
1: Oh, there you go. Big game fishing is only probably one of those uh, three sports that you can do having a few beers.
0: Yeah, well, exactly. I, mean, I, I think he, I think he liked a few just yeah, quietly. Good he's famous for that too I'll, I'll remember the name at some point this afternoon it'll come to me and be oh I'll be, I'll be cursing myself and not being able to remember it but uh, there you go Steve thanks for coming in for the rugby run
1: hey thanks for having me
0: uh, go to the All Blacks eh yeah mate and uh, you know go your liver next weekend with 30 odd mates from Aussie coming over
1: mate it's going to be a struggle